Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, God. Wonderful. Why don't you take a seat this morning? It's so, so good to be with you. So good to be in God's house. And uh, this is Vision Sunday. Well, no, Vision Builders. Vision Builders. Even I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> and uh, it is just an extraordinary joy for Deb and I to be with you. This, uh, we've been here since Tuesday. We think we're going home tomorrow. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Things are changing day, moment by moment, but it's great to be here. And, uh, and you know, we just want to thank you for uh, embracing this transition season as a church. And uh, I know that, uh, that uh, transitions, uh, I mean, who loves change? Don't we love change? It's just, um, and we're not used to it, and we're not, nothing much changing in life and the world at the moment. But, uh, but thank you for willingly embracing the transition and the change and being open to the, the leading of God. Uh, I know that, um, you know, there's uh, questions around, okay, what's the succession going to look like? But I'm, you know, at this point in time, happy to say that we've actually got two really strong candidate couples that, um, and so we actually, um, we're in a, a, a season of discerning the will of God, who is right for, for our church here, and uh, we would invite you into this prayer process with us to be discerning the will of God and some conversations have been kind of held up and delayed because of stupid COVID. Who said, who's, who's with me? Stupid COVID, right? But um, um, yeah, we just, uh, we have an internal candidate couple and an external candidate couple and uh, either one would be just phenomenal for our church. And so we just want... Uh, we want the heart of God, as I know both couples do. And so um, please be prayerful about it. And um, uh, all things being equal, all things considered, I, we probably have something to report maybe within a month or two, sometime soon. Uh, it's very risky to put timelines on anything at the moment in this present day and age. But, um, but uh, we're just uh, really uh, believing God for the future of our church. And so today as Vision Builders is about the, the future of our church to change Canberra, impact Australia and touch the world, which is what our heartbeat is as a church. And so we continue to do that. Before I go any further, I want to just uh, welcome some very special visitors that we have here today. And we've got Pastor Gail from C3 Bali and her son Josh. Where's Josh? Give me a wave. He's hiding somewhere. Josh, welcome. It's good to have uh, Gail and Josh with us from C3 Bali. And friends of theirs, Eleanor and Pete, uh, now at Orange, were in Bali with them for a while back. But um, And uh, just to... Uh, for, for me personally, and I know for, you know, for Gail, I mean, C3 Bali, uh, Deb and I have had, have had a loose connection with the church for quite some time, but last year, towards the end of last year, Gail's husband, uh, Pastor Wayan, passed away from COVID. And so, you know, this, this thing is very real, and it's very close to home for all of us, and so we, we've 
been praying for you, we have prayed for you, and we stand with you, Gail and Josh, and we know we're inspired by your faith and just hanging on to God in the midst of it all. And uh, hey, that's all and everything that we can do. Sometimes it's all that we've got left. And uh, I'd, would it be okay if I just prayed for you? Just stay where you are. I'd just love to pray for Gail and Josh. Father, I just thank you for this beautiful uh, family. I thank you for Pastor Gail. I pray that you would comfort her and bless her at this time, that, the, that uh, as she processes and walks through a season of grief and loss, that you would enlarge her soul in the midst of all of this to, to embrace all that you have for her. And the same for Josh. And as Josh... Uh, pursues you moving forward. I thank you, God, for your touch upon him. And God, there are times when we don't have answers to so many of our questions, but Lord, we know that you are in our midst and that you, are love, that you love us and are for us. And so I pray for Gail and for Josh at this time. Pray your blessing upon the church at C3 Bali. We pray for the team there that you continue to strengthen and sustain them. We thank you, Lord, that your uh, kingdom advances in the midst of trial and trouble and tribulation, that, God, we hang on to you. And so I pray your blessing upon Gail and Josh in this next season moving forward. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So, if you, uh, I don't know if, uh, so we're bringing our pledges for the new financial year a bit later in the service. If you didn't get one of your uh, pledge cards, uh, just raise your hand and we'll get one to you. That looks like, I've got mine here somewhere. I'll find it. No, I've got it here somewhere. And the actual card, the pledge card thing, this one here, just, uh, and so want to, uh, I mean, you guys have demonstrated um, just a high degree of Christian maturity and responsibility in the midst of a COVID season to continue to uh, be responsive to what God has called you to in terms of stewardship and generosity, and we thank you for that, and uh, be uh, prayerfully considering what... Um, what your involvement in moving forward in the next financial year will be and um, you can uh, write on that card and we're just going to we'll pray over them at the end of the service but uh, and there's a bit of an explanation in that little booklet as to how it works if you're new here and uh, it's an extraordinary privilege that we actually get to um, be stewards of kingdom resources and I find that inspiring and overwhelming at times but it's um, it's very exciting so Deb's here with us uh, not with a broken leg well still with the same leg but not hopping around and um, please don't tell her what I said last time we were here because um, it'd be a long ride home <laughs> so we still have a bike for sale if anybody's interested in that bike um, so, and, uh, I, you know, again, when we're talking about transition, we, we, there's lots of things going on. And so my heart is that you are embracing the opportunity to engage in a deeper discipleship process 
that we are creating through mixing things up in this season. And one of the marks of a church life, a church culture that deeply changes people's lives, is that there is a beneath-the-surface discipleship that goes on. And so we actually want to create space and opportunity for that beneath-the-surface discipleship to happen, to have the intimate conversations, to encourage one another, to tell the God stories. And that's why the scattered, gathered thing is something that we're actually walking, continuing to walk through at this time because, you know, the stories that we're hearing about, the conversations and the, and the, the journeys and what God's speaking uh, in those uh, more intimate environments is is inspiring to me and so I want to encourage you to keep embracing that uh, we'll uh, be sending a survey out in July so you uh, can respond anonymously and we can get a gauge about uh, what it's uh, how, how you're finding it and if you feel that it is appropriate um, <clears throat> as John Maxwell said if you want to change something you might as well do it now and if it doesn't work blame COVID so <laughs> That's the leadership guru telling us, so whatever we're doing, we're blaming COVID right now, okay? But, but the, the thing about it is, there's an intentionality behind what we're doing because we want you to engage deeply with God to change your heart and change your life. And so that becomes part of the confronting challenge that it is to, to talk about God's stuff, you know, because you know what? None of us are perfect, and when we live in a world that wants to present the perfect facade, but we know what's going on deep inside, it gets challenging. It gets really, really challenging. So thank you, and we'll keep, uh, keep walking through. So um, I guess I wanted to, this morning, just come out of a scripture. Oh, I'm, I'm going to challenge your worldview, I hope, this morning. I hope I do every time that I preach, but this morning is going to be particularly challenging, I hope. But let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 7 in the New Living Translation. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. Hello. Does that sound familiar? They're being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they, also, they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. So there's troubles, and there's a, a, a sense of not having enough, but there's a, also a feeling of joy, and there's a, the overflows in generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did not... And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. So these poor, troubled church people were begging for the privilege of being able to give. I'm not sure I've had too many people come to me and say, I'm begging to give this money to the church. Maybe that will happen one day. I, I don't know. But I, I, just, I, just, I think that it's strong language, isn't it? They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing. You know, the gift, that, the opportunity we have to give is a privilege because we've got something to give in the first place. So it, 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 there's a privilege attached to that. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. It all starts with our walk with God. It all starts with our discipleship journey. It all starts with how we're walking with God. Uh, 
We gave ourselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted him to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm and your love from us, I want you to also excel in this gracious act of giving. And that is a powerful, stirring portion of Scripture. Three thoughts I want to unpack. Uh, this morning around this. The first thought is that they firstly they gave themselves to the Lord. So it means that whatever is being given is not it's not about the money. It's about your heart and your position with God. It's about how you're engaging with Jesus. What does he mean for you? Is he Lord and center of your life? And is there, um, and if he is, what's the response? And if he's not, what's your response? And so giving for us is a response to what Christ has done in our lives. It's an act of beneath the surface discipleship because God is doing something deep in each and every one of us. And so how is your relationship with Christ going? Maybe you're an unbeliever here today and you're wrestling with, okay, well, Jesus was a historical figure, seemed like a cool guy, but I'm not going to give my life to him. What the heck is that all about? I want to retain control. Or maybe it's like, you know what? It's gone stale. I don't feel connected or the way I used to. Maybe there's an invitation to come back to what your first encounter and your first love with Jesus. You know, I can remember when I first became a Christian, it was through a parachurch youth organization. I wasn't attached to a church. And so I... I um, uh, it was probably about 12 months before I uh, found a church and started going to that. But, but it was the uh, end of my last year at school and my dad uh, hired me to lop some trees in the backyard. And so I then hired my friend to help me uh, and he, he was a Christian. Neither of us were experienced uh, at tree lopping. Uh, it could have gone horribly wrong. Thankfully it didn't. But, uh, but my dad paid us and I paid my buddy and we didn't know, we, we thought, we know that we want to give the first part of what we earn to God, but we're not in the church, we don't know how to do it. And so we actually, I remember uh, driving to the, uh, the unit of the person who had preached the night I gave my heart to Christ. I can picture myself walking down this corridor in his unit block in Chatswood, knocking on the door and say, you know, we've just done this job, we've got paid, here's our tithe, we want to give it to you. And it was a heart response. It wasn't a pressure, it wasn't an expectation, it was a heart response. And so I think that, you know, if when, when we give ourselves whole, wholeheartedly to Christ, the things that, that Christ wants us to do are not a burden. It's like serving. When, you, when you've given your whole heart to Christ, it's not a burden to serve out of that relationship. It is a burden if we're just trying to please people. And so it's, it's where is that for you? And, um, uh, you know, and I, I'm still in touch with the, the preacher who preached that night. And uh, I was thinking I should, I wanted to do a Zoom call with him and introduce you to him because he's getting a bit old now, but he's still a really cool guy, Arthur. So uh, I will try and do that. But I was thinking about this, the reality of this, because firstly, they gave themselves to the Lord. And I want to challenge your worldview, as I mentioned a bit earlier. I want to introduce you to a concept that might, uh, you might uh, not be familiar with, but maybe have unwittingly embraced. 
And uh, I want to talk about what sociologists have identified as moralistic therapeutic deism, MTD, moralistic therapeutic deism. And it's a term that was uh, in the, the mid-2000, about 2005, and a sociologist did a massive study of, of young people uh, and um, uh, studied their lives. And they came up with these five, they identified these five core beliefs of moralistic therapeutic deism. Number one, there's a God exists who created and ordered the world and watches over human life on earth. It's cool, we'd agree with that, right? Number two, God wants people to be good, nice and fair to each other as taught in the Bible and by most world religions. Number three, the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. Number four, God does not need to be particularly involved in one's life except when God is needed to resolve a problem. Number five, good people go to heaven when they die. Moralistic, therapeutic deism. Moralistic, in that they place a high value of being good. Good is really defined by popular culture rather than the moral imperatives of the Bible. And so tolerating behaviors as the Bible calls sin might be seen as good, while calling those behaviors sin might be seen as an intolerant or hateful, which is bad. So there's a moralistic element. It's like, we've got good morals, we're good people, and so that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Therapeutic. So therapeutic in that the primary value is feeling good about ourselves. And so God's job is to take care of us. So as long as I'm doing good things and I'm feeling good about myself... It's all okay. And deism then says that God exists as the creator, but he is relatively uninvolved. Many people simply view God as a cosmic genie, a divine bellhop, or a roadside assistance call-up. You don't know him or need to. You can call on him when you're broken down, uh, and he will come and get you going again. God never intervenes in human affairs. He created us, but he leaves us alone. God exists, and that he can and does intervene from time to time when needed in answer to prayer. So, I want to ask you this question. Have you embraced this concept of being a moral, therapeutic deist rather than a sold-out God follower? Are you just thinking in your world, as long as I'm a good person, and as long as I feel good in myself, and as long as I acknowledge that God is there, that's okay. But I believe that the call to Christianity is way, way deeper than that. And that we actually need to give ourselves firstly to Christ. Just as we read about, because if, if, we're, tr if we're giving out of a moral, therapeutic, deistic perspective it's not going to mean anything but if we're giving because we first have given ourselves to christ and sold out to him then it will mean everything
And so there's a challenge there. And I would say that the prevailing secular mindset is very moralistic, therapeutic, deistic in its approach. And I, I would encourage, I, I challenge you, I dare you to search your own worldview at this point in time and say, am I guilty maybe of drifting into some element of that rather than giving myself wholeheartedly to Christ? And so maybe that might be affecting your worldview of money because... All of a sudden, as a moral an MTD, a moral therapeutic deist, it's like, well, that means that I'm still in control of everything that I've got. So, that's the first thought. Give yourself to the Lord so you can be like the Corinthian givers. The second thought is this, that giving flows out of joy. And joy comes from our relationship with Christ, Right? I don't know about you, but uh, I, I mean, I, I kind of I did that exercise at the start, picturing myself at the foot of the cross and just all this stuff and stress and everything else leaving and being filled with this sense of God afresh and again and a joy that comes from that place. And so the giving flows out of joy. Joy comes from our relationship with God. It's not circumstantial. So they were in a world of trouble and yet they were giving joyfully and for you and I maybe we're in a world of trouble but if there's this deep-seated joy I'm talking about what's going on right down deep inside of us that that is the place it's not our circumstances the external things so <clears throat> I don't know is anybody dealing with affliction this morning maybe maybe you are maybe it's physical maybe it's emotional maybe whatever whatever it is the world of trouble that you're dealing with but if, you're, uh, if you've given yourself to Christ wholeheartedly and allowing the joy of that connection to flow, then there's something deep going on inside of you. And so, um, and so for them, it was like they, did, they didn't, well, it wasn't a question of how much they had to give. Well, they were giving out of their poverty. And, and, and it's like, it, so it just changes our perspective on what we're doing. And so we go back to our first love. Our giving flows out of joy. I can remember a time when, um, you know, uh, uh, we were in the early days of church planning and pastoring the church up in Kingscliff and it uh, came to Christmas time and I, I think we might have been going three or four years, maybe something like that. And uh, we had to sit down our, our kids and say to them, look, we're going to have to have a very scaled-back Christmas this year. We don't have the money to be able to do what we would like to be able to do, so we're going to scale it back. And the kids were okay with that. I remember sitting down having the conversation about... Uh, it was only a, a couple of hours before we were going to do the, the Lions Club carols in the park on the beachfront, and I was going to be sharing a message about Christmas. And it was, and it was like, you know, just the... the kind of the tension between the two and then in response to that Deb rounded up the kids and said why don't we all find a toy that we can take down and give to some kids who don't have any toys and so uh, this sense of it doesn't feel like we had all that we wanted but the miracle was I think it was the next day I'm not exactly sure of the details there was a knock on the door and somebody turned up not really known to us only distantly uh, with a huge Christmas hamper 
of food and gifts and all sorts of things. And then a, a short time after that, somebody who was over, overseas, an old friend of ours, sent some money through. And it was kind of like, you, just, you actually just don't know how God is going to meet your need and provide for you. But if you're living out of a place of joy in Jesus, then those answers will come your way. And so, you know, giving flows out of a joy that we have in Jesus. The third thought then is this. So they begged for the privilege of sharing. Sharing in that scripture there comes from the root word koinonia, which is actually talking about fellowship. And so the, the context of the giving was in the sharing and the fellowship of community. And that's what we do. Every, that's what we're doing. When, we, when, we, when we're doing this, it's a, it, it literally means the favor of partnership, the fellowship of the ministry, and the fellowship of the service. We do this as, together as a family, as a church. It's koinonia. And so we're sharing in it together. And they were begging for the privilege to do that. And it becomes an incredible thing to do. I can remember, you know, uh, going back to our church planting days and we had the opportunity to buy a building. And uh, the journey of, that we had to go through in prayer to see that thing come to reality. And I think about the, the journey that has gone into the building of this church and, and the, the, the fight and the wrestle. And there's still uh, many, many people in the life of this church who paid a huge price. People slept here uh, overnight after painting walls. I know the whole roof here is because of Steve Oliver and his heart and generosity for the, for the house and for the kingdom. You know, it, it's, and all of this is... is part of the privilege of sharing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, to make a statement that something significant is happening. And so to me, I just think that when we think about the begging for the privilege of sharing, being a part of what God is doing, to me is inspiring and extraordinary. So it says three thoughts there for you. So let me finish with this exhortation, encouragement. In uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7, the passage translation says this, You do well and excel in every respect, in unstoppable faith, in powerful preaching, in revelation knowledge, in your passionate devotion and in sharing the love we have shown you. So make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. And I just want to encourage you, as you think about what you're doing, uh, what you're committing as a family, a couple, as an individual, that uh, maybe your response might be, be firstly that uh, it, uh, you're giving yourself to Jesus to secondly then that um, that it's flowing out of a joy that you get to do it and thirdly that it's just this incredible privilege that we get to do this thing together as a community of believers so I'm going to give you a moment now just to um, if you want to grab your card your giving card what we normally do is have uh, uh, some of the pastors and gem pastors here and we pray over people. We're actually not going to do that. So I just invite you. I've lost. Oh, there it is. Um, just to grab your cards. Maybe uh, if you haven't thought about it yet or prayed about what you're going to give, take it away. 
and do that and, and submit it a bit later. You have, there's options to do it online. But if you have it here today, it's a great opportunity to, um, to bring, bring this before God today. Don't let moralistic, therapeutic deism block what Christ wants to do in and through you. Why don't we just close our eyes? Babe, do you want to just come and join me up here? Father, we come before you, Lord, this morning. We ask your forgiveness for any way that we've allowed the things of this world to come between us and you. But Lord, we ask that as we present what represents faith, commitment, uh, trust in you, it represents us putting you first in our lives. It represents an overflowing joy in us. It represents these sorts of things. It represents the, for us the privilege of sharing in this extraordinary thing that you are doing through our church in this part of the city. And so, Father, I pray your blessing over every family, household, individual that is giving that has given in the previous financial year and is giving into the new financial year. We just pray your blessing over this act of faith today. Lord, we stare down moralistic, therapeutic deism. We rebuke it today in Jesus' name. And we ask that we would be filled with faith and joy to an overflowing place. Lord, that the generosity from our hearts would be a blessing unto you. Lord, I thank you, God, today. We present to you these pledges, these acts of faith. We ask, God, that you would continue to multiply our effectiveness into the community, to continue to see lives of those who don't know you come to know you, to reach unchurched people in real and powerful and specific ways. Father, we just thank you, God, for what you are doing in and through the life of our church to change Canberra, to impact Australia, and to touch the world. And so, Father, we ask your blessing over every single person here today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. God bless you. I think we've got some, we'll put some baskets here. And um, if you want to, uh, at the close of the service, just uh, make your way down and just pop your cards in there. Or you can do it online, as I was saying before. And uh, thank you. Thank you again. God continues to do amazing things in our midst. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.